Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman. Yeah, that's me. That means I have to talk. I guess that's a good thing. Sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes is right. Good evening, race fans and people of the great beyond listening to PMN. I'm Jacob Seelman, as previously mentioned, and you are listening to Motorsports Madness, which is about to get a little crazy, like we typically do (laughs) on Monday night. (laughs) I am joined at the round table by Race Chaser Online founder, senior editor, and mastermind of the non-criminal syndicate, Tom Baker. Uh, okay, I was with you till that last part. Now I'm just confused. Syndicate? <laughs> you're, you're perennially confused. So that is okay. true. It doesn't take much. And for those who are wondering, the peanut gallery voice that you just heard is Tyler Ankrum, who is back from the dead and with us. Not really. He just had the flu kind last of. week. Yes. His <laughs> Ankrum isn't working quite right tonight. <laughs> no, it is not. At least the, the, the voice, anyway. I kind of lost my mojo there last week. Yeah, you've got enough of it to be here with us, so that's, that's okay. For sure. We're happy to have you. We'll pump him up. Via the Race Chaser Skype line, we also have a Cisco Scaramuza and a Steve Ovens who are going to be chiming in, undoubtedly, throughout the show. I will kick off this show with an entry from Webster's Dictionary. Harvicking. Verb. Definition? What Kevin Harvick did to completely obliterate the field for now two Straight weeks, Tom. Well, I think actually it was supposed to. The word was created to refer to how Kevin was driving Atlanta Motor Speedway, basically using his right foot like traction control. But, um, yeah. There, there, you, there you wasn't could, any of that at Vegas. He just stomped them. Yeah. Um, wow. The four teams certainly is off to an impressive start, isn't he? Uh and, and really, there isn't a whole lot that you can <laughs> say to explain it other than, you know, drivers come out of the box strong like this sometimes. They just, they get hot and, and you have, you know, drivers get hot at different points in time. But man, to start a season with two wins the way that he has, mm-hmm. not only, of course, he was in the playoffs after the Atlanta win, but now to win, come back and win Vegas, you've got two wins. You go to Phoenix, where you've got like 86 <laughs> wins in the last four years. Um, and then you go to Fontana, where you're very competitive as well. I mean, and he won on a last lap pass a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, this, this could be a long month of March for the competition here. If Kevin is able to win Phoenix this weekend, and I see no reason why he doesn't go in as the favorite, um, this is just, I mean, at that, at that point, I, it's scary. I, it is scary, honestly. And the Fords in general are fast. I, I think really we saw some good runs from the Toyotas over the weekend, but in the occasional Chevy appearance, I mean, Kyle Larson ran well. Um, Chase Elliott ran well until Chase he got Elliott cleaned ran out by the Kurt back Bush. end of the top 10. He was fifth when Kurt Busch cleaned yeah, him out. Yeah, I guess he did make it up to the top five, but he was mostly in the back end of the top 10. And he had um, the two RCR cars running just outside the top 10 for a good bit. But, you know, I mean, overall, this was a Ford race again. I mean, uh-huh. just same thing that happened last year. The Fords just have come out of the box very strong. The problem is they didn't sustain it last year. That's what they need to be worried yeah. about is sustaining it yep. for the 
stretch run later on in the year when it really matters. I'll go to Tyler next just because I know he's been paying attention this weekend. It's not like he had anything better to do <laughs> while you were recovering from being sick. So yeah, I, was just, I was a couch potato. <laughs> sitting, 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 watching was all I could really do. So stop and consider this. It's week three. Kevin Harvick has two wins. He's locked into the playoffs. Period. Done. He cannot be eliminated from the playoffs with two wins. And he has 13 playoff points in the bank. It's week three. And, well, obviously, bring up the playoff points. I mean, they're important. I and mean, we saw what Truex did last year, accumulating so many points that no matter what he did, unless he just had a catastrophic three weeks where he just wrecked out every single time. No matter what he did, no matter where he finished, he was going to make it to the Final Four. So, I mean, we got so many miles and a half right now in the NASCAR schedule. This is what we're, that's what you have to do, really, is, I mean, I don't even know if winning matters as much anymore, as especially those playoff wins. You know, just seeing what Truex did last year, it's just getting those playoff points and winning is... Well, I think what you make a point, because if you can get... You get to the the level of stage points that Truex had. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to win. You just no. have to be decent enough yeah. to just keep floating all the way through to the championship exactly. round. Exactly, and that's that's what where Harvick's headed right now. Exactly, he stays hot. It's pretty amazing. Cisco Martin Truex Jr. last year ended up going into round three of the playoffs with sixty nine playoff points. Kevin Harvick already in three weeks has almost 20% of that. If you're the rest of the field, are you scared right now? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm scared right now, Jacob, considering that this is very much MTJ mile-and-a-half-esque performances we're seeing right now. So I think Harvick and everybody at Stuart Haas Racing have to be feeling pretty good about themselves, you know, already basically a lock to be in the playoffs. If not already, they're not going to have to worry about anything. So I, yeah, if I'm the rest of the field, especially if I'm, you know, somebody like a, like a Kyle Larson or somebody like a Jimmy Johnson who we'll get to in a little bit, or even somebody like a uh, Denny Hamlin, you know, I'm already, Mm -hmm. Uh, these Harvick guys are starting to figure things out. We need to get back on the horse. But, but guys, here's the thing about stage points. I, I, what drives me crazy about stage points is everybody in 2018 is talking about stage points and what Martin Truex Jr. did last year. Like stage points, they didn't know that last year. Like why all of a sudden is Kevin Harvick becoming the next Martin Truex Jr.? And that people are like, oh, no, he's winning races and stages. Stage points are important. I mean, they've always been important right from day one. I don't I don't get where this is all coming from. I mean, I'll, stage points have been important, Tom, right from the get-go. I'll take that. Uh, there is an answer to that question, and the answer is because it was so new last year. Nobody really – first of all, nobody would have expected one driver to win as many stage points as Martin Truex did. That's the first thing. Secondly, nobody really could project what kind of long-term effect stage points in February or March would have because we hadn't done it before. It was all new. And so I think you literally had to play it out for a season to see how it was going to, to work. And then, you know, Martin goes out 
and just doesn't share. You know, I mean, yeah, he, you know, he, he doesn't play mind. well with others. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, I'll take them all. Thank you. Um, you know, he just and so I think now somebody sees Kevin Harvick come out and like Jacob says, in three weeks, he's got almost 20 percent of that. We have something to base that on now. We have something to look back at and go, holy cow. You know, um, last year we just really didn't know. So I understand where you're coming from, Steve, but I do think it's just because it, it was a new concept. And, and again, nobody would have expected no. one driver to It's also, it's also so very many. early in the year saying, you know, he's going to go out and dominate it. But at the same time still, I mean, for a driver to come out this strong, yeah, this early, it's you know, it's pretty surprising. Well, here's what it does too: is it 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 necessarily changes his strategy. Absolutely, he can take risks now to win more races, which yeah. is scary because he's already <laughs> got two of them. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, if if they take a risk and lose, who cares? They're, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, um, they they have a guarantee into yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. Period, bar none. So and they take more away from other people. It, well, right? that's what Truex did last year. Yeah. Their goal was to keep winning because, like you said, Tyler. It, that's less points for everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Now, I, I want to be that guy because all the uh, NASCAR on Reddit inspectors are out, Cisco, and everybody's been having this big to-do about Kevin Harvick's back window and the back portion of the roof and going, wait, there's something He's wrong cheating, here. Jacob. He's cheating. He's cheating. <laughs> Why is he cheating or not cheating or what's going on here? So there's an image that got circulated around the internet, which is uh, Harvick's car going through the corner. And if you take a look at the right rear window over by where the name is, it looks like that the roof has kind of collapsed in on on itself. It's basically like a reverse bubble. And uh, a couple of friends and I were taking a look at it, and I ran it. I ran it uh, to one of my buddies, uh, Kyle Barnes, who does late model racing, and I asked him straight up. I'm like, "Do you think that really made a difference?" And he told me that. Yeah, it probably would have improved downforce, which is something, you know, obviously with the new spoiler they took away this season, but it's basically impossible for them to be able to police anything because this probably was just a roof bracket that failed. If it is something to where, you know, if they are, you know, making shenanigans and we're dealing with shenanigans, Steve, then what's NASCAR really going to be able to do to police this? Well, the... <laughs> There's so many roads that I want to go down right now that that we're go ahead. We'll break. wait. But but I mean, guys, nothing, and I mean nothing on these cars are not that that are built to not serve a certain purpose. If 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 we're naive to think that these guys aren't smart enough to build parts that purposely break that give them a certain advantage on a certain part of the car, then we're, oh. very, we're very naive oh. if we think that it's not happening. I can't There's believe, been cheating I going on in NASCAR since 1950. I can't believe <laughs> Steve honestly thought that. How dare you, Steve? I can't but believe that. somebody of cheating. So, so, so here's the thing, though. I mean, yes, we some can. of the pictures <laughs> make it look a little more clear than others, but that thing... That thing looks like a cinder block fell from the <laughs> and landed on top of it. He's Come not on, wrong. Guys. I mean, holy cow. Of course it's going to be a downforce advantage. And, and I just, you know, I'm sorry, but number one, you know, we're, we're getting to the point now 
where things are being purposely built to break to gain an advantage. And number two, I think this shows a little bit of a hole in that whole laser screening process or laser screening, laser process tech inspection that that something like this couldn't be, you know, detected. So, you know, hey, that's that's where well, I'm at on but it. But the the question would be, okay, so it caves in or something, whatever it's doing on the track, but if it's if when it's still it goes through the Hawkeye system as if it's whole. I mean, right. Jacob, that how do you? The like, rumor I heard on social media. Keep in mind, I'm just offering hearsay based on what's been going around social all day. Is that there's some kind of technology involved in this that allows it to go back into place, so to where it's undetectable by the Hawkeye system. Which, if that's the case, we're talking hmm. Formula One level technology. I wonder where that would have ever come from. But like I said, <laughs> just he, just hearsay. All right, I, I don't, racing. I, so I don't the know anything. This conspiracy theory person is in the room. We officially yeah. found him. That, yeah. That's conspiracy theorist. What did I say? I, I don't know how you I don't said know. it. I, I, Bill, I said, get I us out of here before we get thrown off the air. We'll be back with more <laughs> on motor, on the Performance Motorsports Network right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
if you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. I'm Kaz Grala, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness on a Monday night. Yeah, we've only been talking conspiracy theorists yeah, for, for the last five we're, minutes. We're inside the confines of the Race of the USA PMN studios, and Jacob's got his tin hat firmly planted no, on no, his no, head No, 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 no. Let me clarify what I said helmet. before the last break. I did not have my tin hat on. I was only relaying what all the other I people okay. with, with their tin hat I had see. on. Okay. I was, like I said, that's hearsay. That's what you say now. Uh, yeah, talking about this whole Kevin Harvick issue and whether or not some sort of thing was going on with the right side of the car. Well, obviously, if you're winning, people think you're cheating. So that's just the way of life. But, you know, I mean, there's really no way to prevent that. I mean, who's going to think? Well, there could be. It depends how it was done. And rather, NASCAR can be smarter than... I mean, how the engineers at Stewart House Racing. The teams this have asked a, NASCAR to be smarter. This is not a haters gonna hate conversation. No, guys. no, it's not. That's it's not, not at all. Haters. What? No, it's, that windshield was flexing. <laughs> I mean, you know, if something was going on here, then obviously NASCAR is going to be on the prowl. And what'll be interesting, of course, we go to Phoenix, which really isn't. You know, it's it's a mile. It's, not it's, like a, it's a fast mile, yeah. though. That downforce but, is going to matter. But I'm I'm saying if we mysteriously don't see the windshield flexing at Phoenix, then, uh-huh. you know, but that's something that I'm sure NASCAR, it, again, this is the first time actually hearing of this, but if that's the case, then NASCAR, you know NASCAR is going to want to try to figure out what was going on there because unless you're going to let 35 other teams or however many there are starting – the race this weekend, do it. Um, you know, you you got to figure out a way to put a stop to it. Uh, but that's pretty doggone clever. You have to give these guys credit if they get away with it. No funny Tom, business. I, or maybe Jacob, you know, let me ask this question just to throw it out there and pour a little gasoline on the fire. Oh, because <laughs> you would never do that. No. We are on race number one of a three-race stretch out on the West Coast. Do Is there still cars that go back to the R&D Center after the Las Vegas race? I would have thought. I yeah. believe so, Steve, as far as I know. Okay, I, I'm just asking that question because maybe I'm thinking maybe that's a wrinkle to it, is maybe there's cars because they're out on the West Coast maybe these cars don't immediately go back to the NASCAR R&D Center. I will consult 
the Twitter of one Bob Pockris in a couple minutes to <laughs> see if I can confirm or deny oh that, Oh, boy, you're opening up a can of worms with that yeah. one. So. I know. <laughs> hey, hey, in the meantime, let's talk about the best race of the weekend for a couple minutes, shall we? Let's do it. Tyler Ankrum and I are in full agreement. I believe most of us at the table will be in full agreement. Friday night's NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race at Vegas. All right, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> wow, Tyler's yeah. telling me to calm down. Indoor voice. Fine. 11 out of 10. Oh, for sure. Am, am, I, am I right there, Tyler? You are 100% At least correct. 11. 11, I mean, 15 12, out of 10. That was a great race. Fantastic. It looked like Daytona on a mile and a half <laughs> yeah. track. It was awesome. And I don't think, I think the reason why we're all so in awe of it is because we really weren't quite expecting it to be that good. Yeah. No. You, you know, you figure it's Vegas, it's going to be entertaining and fun. But, yeah. you know, I, I expected it to be more like the Xfinity race the next day ended up being, which was a race that had some action in it, but not like tons of action. But, boy, Friday night was just phenomenal. My goodness, you couldn't get those trucks apart. And the reason that I think that's so cool is because, the, see, there's such a group of drivers in that, in, in that series. You've got a couple of wily veterans, we'll say, but the majority of the racers are not unlike yourself, Tyler, young, right. aggressive, looking to prove a point, and mm -hmm. there's just no let up. You, right. you throw the green and they all go nuts. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a very uh, there's there's really not any cruise control moments with with those with those guys. So and you throw Kyle Busch into the mix, mm -hmm. you know, who's coming off. Well, shall we say a disappointment yeah. uh, and, you know, would like to go out and, and avenge that, which he ended up doing. But just an amazing race. Jacob. It was Steve, to be clear. This is probably the first time, I won't say ever, but in a long time, that I actually have not been completely incensed by the fact that Kyle Busch won a truck series race. Because Kyle Busch had to work for every ounce of that trophy on Friday night. Like Tom said, you couldn't get away from anybody. And quite frankly, there were two or three other trucks in that race, Stuart Friesen, Brett Moffat, that probably could have beaten Kyle and would have been very deserving had they done it. Jacob, alert the media. <laughs> I was rooting for Kyle Busch. On Friday night. What? You are the media. You're not supposed to be biased. <laughs> and the reason that I was rooting for Kyle Busch on Friday night, and here's the angle that I come at, it was a fantastic race, uh, 11 out of 10. I'll go along with that. The reason that I was rooting for Kyle Busch is because I wanted to see with the spec engines that have come out with the truck series, I wanted to see just how are these open motors going to stand up to to the spec engine uh -huh. uh, that a lot of those competitors were running on Friday? And Kyle Busch winning proved that they are able to keep those open motors competitive because, you know, at least not yet, you're not going to completely get rid of those. And so I was glad to see that, you know, the open motor was able to hold up to them. Well... I hate to burst Steve's bubble, how, uh -oh. but the theory there has one hole in it. 
the guy with the oh, the guy with the built motor, the manufacturer motor that actually proved that they can still win was actually Brett Moffitt. He was the only driver in Friday night's field that was running the built motor. All three of the KBM trucks as of Wednesday afternoon last week had actually been converted to the Omar Motors. Oh, are we sure about this? Because I thought Kyle yes. was still running. No, no. Really? Vince, Vince Welch yeah. said it Friday night during the broadcast that Brett Moffitt was the only driver in the field that was still running a manufacturer <laughs> motor. Yeah, because Kyle was asking about fuel mileage to his crew chief, asking about taking out old notes mm-hmm. and trying and to figure out how long he was going to last. Kyle mentioned it in Victory Lane that Mark Cronquist, uh, who's the Joe Gibbs Racing Engine Builder, almost made them all look really stupid. <laughs> Well, we'll have to. We'll have to. Uh, I, I'll Sorry, take your Steve, word for I it. didn't mean to pop your bubble. No, I thought Kyle still had a a built motor as well. I, I thought that was what he said in Victory Lane. No, no, he said but, that Mark Cronquist about made them all look really dumb. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll uh, double check that. But uh, at any rate, you talk about Moffitt. To me, he was the story. Absolutely, Again, he was. Unfortunately, the story was lap traffic. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a that was that was a different kind of story. But I think, honestly, Brett Moffat, we can put to rest any doubts that anyone has about whether Brett Moffat is the real deal and whether that truck will contend for the championship. I mean, I honestly, yeah. I mean, he's already in the playoffs, and I think he'll win another race. And actually, I think the um, situation with Moffitt right now, again, you come out of the box strong. You got that momentum going. Now, I guess for the rest of the competition, they might get a break because he'll have time to cool off now because the trucks yes. don't run for a couple of weeks. But Martinsville, you know, yeah, to Martinsville. So it's it's going to be a little bit of a break for the series. But certainly right. I, I think I think that team as a satellite of KBM is uh-huh. it's it's here to stay. And we know, as you said, that was a built motor. I think the whole motor situation, the truck series for me is irrelevant at this point. I think you can win with either one. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is going to be a series that all year long is going to be won or lost by drivers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in, in one in the pits, it's not going to have anything to do with what motor you're running. I agree with that. 120%. Now, Steve, you said alert the media a minute ago. Can I have an alert the media moment before we go to break? Can I, can I, can I? Go for it. Alert the media. News. Stuart Friesen is the real deal. I kind of well, already knew that, Jacob. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know that you're breaking any news, but. They better believe it, and, and I'll, I'll give you a quote from Kevin Harvick on Sunday. You know, you can be the, the real deal and the best driver in the world, but you can't make a slow truck go fast. And I think that Stuart Friesen's proving that with GMS right now. That change to GMS was game-changing yes. for that team. Yes, it was. I want to talk a little bit more about Stuart and the truck race when we come back around the turn. So we're going to do a little business, and we'll be back with more for all of you right after this. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on the Performance Motorsports Network. Back with more. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift. 
and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. And we're back here with more Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. If you're just joining us, welcome. If you're still with us, God bless you, and we're glad you are. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Jacob Seelman alongside Tom Baker and Tyler Ankrum in the Race City USA PMN studios with Cisco Scaramuza and Steve Ovens joining us via the Race Chaser Skype line and the incomparable Bill Holt from the (laughs) Carolina School of Broadcasting behind the glass punching buttons and producing this show tonight. So, Steve, I want to talk about Stuart Friesen for a minute, and then, well, we can sum up the Xfinity race in 
about three words. But first, <laughs> Stuart Friesen, does he win a race this year, and how quickly does he do it? I think he does win a race. Um, how quickly he does it? I mean, boy. I So I think Stuart will win a race, but... I do think that he's not the guy yet who just goes out and has a Kevin Harvick-like performance and just stomps the field. I think that there may have to be some circumstances in place that would help him get that first win. And I'm not saying that you know there's anything against his driving ability by saying that. I just think that he's he's there. He's very, very close, Tom. The question is, is, you know, can the right circumstances come together on any certain Friday or Saturday to make it happen? Of course they can. And I'm going to give Cisco the honor because I know he's going to go where I'm going to go. That was Jake didn't realize he asked a silly question. And I think he meant to to specify can he win a race on pavement cisco are you going where i was going yeah exactly i mean that's of course he can win a race he likely will win eldora uh you know but yeah i do think he can win uh, a pavement race as well but it's it's a challenge because there are a couple of there are a couple of parts of that yeah tyler that are different for him. You know, on the dirt, of course, it's right. his world. He knows what he's doing. It's a shorter sprint race, whatever. Okay. I believe he's the favorite to win Eldora just cause. Okay. Right. Now. He didn't. He finished runner-up last year, correct? Yeah. Or he, he, I think yes. he was. He yeah, was yeah, he did. Runner-up. Yeah, second. But and he also got beat by a pavement guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, no, well, no, Crafton. Well, yeah, Crafton's a dirt guy. To be fair, he did go out and buy a UMP modified. Yeah, and exactly. He was He's a dirt year. guy. Exactly. He's just known mostly for NASCAR now, lately. H- hang on a minute. Everybody hang on a minute. Am I the only one that watched Stuart Friesen for about 30 laps go out and lay it to Kyle Busch in the middle of that race? Are, are we completely ignoring that somewhere? No, because here? I was no, there no. with you. I mean, this is why I'm saying I'm I'm saying he can do it. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to turn to Tyler with was there's just some parts of this, the pit stop stuff and restart stuff there are things that he's not used to having to deal with that when you are in a series like this they matter and so it's not a question in my mind Tyler rather right rather he can win Mm -hmm. it's just harder for him to put it all together Mm -hmm. in the truck series with the amount of competition that there is but I do believe he can win how soon? Not sure. I mean, reasonably, it could happen almost at any time. Martinsville would be a great place, yeah, and actually, and for it's, that. And it's tough to say because you're trying to uh, foretell his future this year by just one race. I mean, that, they could have just gotten lucky and hit on setup or something. He so, ran good last year late in the season. I, yeah, I base I mean, a lot of it on that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Eldora for him, you know, I think he, for a number of reasons, I, I if we go into Eldora, I make him the favorite. Now, whether he actually uh, wins another thing. But how far away is Eldora? Mid-season. We're not till July. June, July? Yeah, July 18th, I think. The former Mud Summer Classic. Sorry, baseball, not sorry. Yeah, not <laughs> sorry at all. I want to transition to Xfinity for a minute. We'll come back to some truck stuff be. later in the show. However, Steve, I'm going to quote something that I wrote over the weekend. NASCAR fans got to see on Saturday 
what all us Dirt Track fans have enjoyed for years. A dogfight between Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson. Finally! I mean, it did that not look like the Turkey Night Grand Prix? Yes, I mean, yes, and, it did. And the beginning parts of the Chili Bowl? Yes, yes, it <laughs> Before did. Before Larson went kaboom? <laughs> yeah, there was no Larson went kaboom this time. It was Larson said, see you later. What I like about what I like about these guys running against each other is is the fact that there is such a level of respect. Larson yes. talks about Christopher Bell just like Christopher Bell talks about Kyle Larson. Yeah. Yes. They they talk about each other in that frame of mind that the guy that I'm running against is the greatest of all time. And and that's what I love about that race on Saturday uh-huh. was those two going at it uh, for the win. Absolutely. The end of stage one, Tom, yeah. that that yeah. for me, I mean, the first part was about halfway through the stage when Bell just hauled him on the high side, about hit the wall, still made the pass, and then Larson drove back underneath him in turn three. That was fun, but Bell running him back down and actually winning the stage, that was classic. Well, it was classic, and, and Tyler, you, you got a glimpse of that same sort of thing at uh, New Smyrna in the K&N race with Harrison and and Todd Gilliland, except you could never quite get close yeah. enough to play, yeah. I <laughs> which some, I know had to be frustrating. I had some of the best seats in the house to see that ending, but uh, it's just unfortunate how all that whole weekend went. You know, we got a good finish out of it, uh, considering the cards were dealt, but uh, it was actually really fun to watch the ending because <laughs> I got out of the car, and I was thinking, I was like, because I, I remember going into the final lap, uh, Harrison was behind behind Todd yeah. getting turn one I was like he's gonna dump him right here I was I better start backing <laughs> off right about here before we get into it and then he saved it got up the racetrack and then uh Todd bumped Harrison to turn three and four I was like all right we're wrecking <laughs> we're wrecking for sure you were <laughs> fun they, to watch in that they, uh, whole race because yeah, they got through it you were the only one really passing cars in that one yeah it was a it was a really fun race uh it was just so unfortunate what happened you know uh I, I knew we could come back from the blown motor uh, we started like tw- we started 29th, and we yeah. started way back there. But I knew we could come back from that. Uh, we had the opportunity to get a lot of track position at the first break. Yeah, break out like up 70, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I, I was saving fuel as best I could under cautions. But that was really the first race where I actually had to really, really save fuel uh, because of the fuel cells we have in our race cars. I was just to make it to the end because we weren't sure because we never went that long before on just one set of tires at New Smyrna, especially from the year before. So I was just, I, I wasn't fully com- confident in myself. So uh, I we came in pit, got fuel, no, uh, no adjustments. And then we were coming back up. I think I made, I was past, I passed Spencer Davis yeah. for seventh. And that's when he dumped me into the next corner, yeah. which is unfortunate. Well, but I mean, to be <laughs> fair, you did kind of crowd him there on the front stretch a little bit. It wasn't bit. that close, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was really worth it to be dumped. No. It wasn't like he was I would in agree. the wall or anything. No, I would agree. But um, Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you know, in his mind anyway. I spun out and I just came over the radio. I was like, guys, we got the car to win it. We have a car to win it. I'm just going to have to do it again in a, 
I did it again. Almost so. did, man. That was, you know, again, same kind of deal. You had two guys who were very good friends who were duking it out, and that's what, that is what this very much reminded me of, honestly, Larson and Bell going at it. And, you know, you think about these two, Jacob, are so young. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is only the beginning, you would think, of what could happen for years. You would hope, wouldn't you? You know, I mean, and that's what I wrote. At give the, Chris a year or two, he's in cup. And yeah. then that's what I wrote at the very end of my piece on Saturday afternoon after the race, or sorry, Sunday afternoon on racechaseronline.com was that if this is any indication of what's to come, race fans better buckle up and enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, and that's exactly right. It's, uh, I mean, Cisco, this just was a real treat for a little while, but in the end, Larson just had too much for everybody. I, I, I just want to put this thought in everybody's heads. Uh, 2020 at Fontana, Bell, Blaney, and Larson all fighting for the win on the last lap. Just throwing that out there, we could be living in that sooner rather Bubba. than later. I mean, you got Bubba. Yeah, and and Daryl, too, yeah. You Absolutely. know, I mean, you got some of these drivers. I mean, obviously, you need the equipment for Bubba to, to be what it needs to be, but you'd hope that by then, you know, RPM would figure it out in some sort of way, but my mm-hmm. gosh, can those guys drive. And that's what's really, for me, making NASCAR so exciting this year, the level of talent and aggressiveness and just the way that these kids drive these cars and trucks, it is just so much fun to watch. Absolutely it is, and it will continue to be fun. And both of those guys, Bell and Larson, uh, that was the buzzword after the race. Between the two of them, I think there was about 11 instances of the word fun between their TV interviews and their post-race press conferences. And it doesn't get much better than that, as Christopher Bell said. I also loved, by the way, before we go to another break, that Bell made it a point to shout out to Keith Coons and Pete Willoughby for what they did in getting both Bell and Larson to the national spotlight. Without those two, neither of them probably makes it to the level they're at. So I thought that was a great nod to where they came from. And uh, like Christopher, I hope Pete and... uh, Keith were watching that because, goodness, I was, and it was a whole lot of fun. So we're going to step aside again and, on the other side, talk even more motorsports. You never quite know what we're going to get into on a Monday night. This is Motorsports Madness, and you're listening to PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Okay, so, Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's. Yep. And, Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it! Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. 
High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. And we're back here on PMN with this round of Motorsports Madness. Jacob Seelman alongside Tom Baker and Tyler Ankrum in the Race City USA PMN studios in Mooresville, North Carolina, with Cisco Scaramuza and Steve Ovens joining us tonight as well. And I want to talk a little open wheel for a minute, Cisco, because why not? And because, well, we finished with the first four days of Formula One testing. And... I'm intrigued what you think, because what I think is that perhaps the waters are slightly more muddy than I originally would have thought they would be through the first half of testing. Maybe you disagree. I don't know. Um, I, it's so hard to tell with this early testing because, you know, everybody's going to be not showing. They're going to all have their cards tucked away at their chest. Nobody's going to no. show up with a race package Come on. or anything like that. The so. cars are the flip-flop tops. You're, say, you're, you're, you're saying that they're actually sandbagging? They wouldn't do that, Oh, yeah, they? I'm saying they're sand. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, you know. Of course they it, would. We all laugh about the fact McLaren, McLaren blew a tire in the, first, in the first day of practice. But at the end of the day, you know, this is what those practices are for. You know, get the rust off and figure out what you do have out of the simulator on the racetrack. So, yeah, I think they're sandbagging. Um, I think it's a little early. I mean. I'm still worried by the fact that Hamilton says that that car is even faster than last year, which, to be fair, it probably was going to be anyway. But I, his confidence after coming out of the test just has me going, oh, no. Yeah. That bad, you think? I, well, I mean, I haven't seen anything that says otherwise, Jacob. Well, what do you think about Ferrari? you think they're going to have a shot at this year, or do you think it's going to be dominated by Mercedes again? Ferrari's uh, been oddly uh, quiet so far, in I, my yeah, opinion. Yeah, but but they don't like to talk anyway because it's Ferrari. I just Fair. don't. I, Do you think Ferrari will at least give Mercedes a run for their money? I think that's yes. a better question. Yes, yes. At you a do? couple tracks. Yeah, I that's think, kind I think, of my... I think they'll give them a run for the money. I, th- I don't think it'll be a championship, but I think the tracks where Ferrari does well 
they'll be up there. But the tracks where they struggle or have been struggling against Mercedes, I don't think they've moved enough. They haven't moved the needle enough to be able to do stuff there. All right, so I'll pose this question now. Is it concerning, number one, that we lost so much track time because it snowed in Spain? (laughs) And is it also concerning that Lewis Hamilton was a half second faster than the field on the medium compound when the other fastest time by Stoffel Van Dorn in the McLaren Renault was on the new Hypersoft? Well, I mean, you just answered your own question. I right? was just going to say, I don't think that I, I don't think there needs to be discussion there because, well, let's face facts here. I mean, first of all, if the Renault is second quick, you know, this is why I'm, I McLaren, don't McLaren, McLaren Renault, Renault I McLaren, should. Well, yeah. but my point is that that car is second quick and it was on basically gumball tires to get there. Okay. And Lewis Hamilton was fastest on medium compound tires. Then that what that tells me is that we really can't learn anything from that. But here's what I do believe is based on the whole of everything that we know coming out of there. I think Cisco, the chasm may actually be a little wider between Mercedes and the rest of the Mercedes and the rest of the competition. Yeah, and uh, I'm just happy that Robert Kubica was faster than his teammate. I'm just going to say that. And wow. Ouch. Wow. Ouch. Ouch. I'm just saying. I just feel like I, I've seen nothing to indicate that anybody's going to give Lewis Hamilton any more of a fit than anybody did last year, as much as I'd like to believe it. Can we give uh, – this is where I wish we had Bill's applause button set up already because I would have him hit it. We need applause Cisco, for the fact that not only were the McLarens good, as in second and fifth in the final classification on the last day, but more importantly than that, I mean no disrespect, I'm just being literal here, I think they've completed more laps so far in testing (laughs) than they completed all of last year. You're going to jinx it, and they're going to blow up like five engines this year. You know you you just jinxed it, right? I, I had to be honest, though. Well, yes, I mean, that is absolutely fair. They've, just, been, they've been struggling so much with reliability. It's not even funny. So if we assume they're it sandbagging, hope, it gives me hope that Fernando's not going to spend half the season in his trailer. Well, that's, that's yes. Yeah. I mean, if we assume there was sandbagging, I think that, you know, probably where, what you find out when you really get down to it and start racing is that. Okay, Ferrari's still somewhat competitive. Red Bull still can be competitive at certain places. You know, Red Bull McLaren's, was surprisingly disappointing towards the end of the test. Well, towards the end they were, but not so much in the beginning. And again, I I don't know if we know what that means. Um, and and if McLaren got any better, then hopefully maybe you know there's some hope that at least we can have some racing for the win, other than between just. Mercedes and Ferrari, which is Red Bull won some races last year. Yeah, they did. They did over the course of the year. They managed to, but they, they by and large were somewhat distant in terms of at least um, being able to compete straight up on speed. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I wish it hadn't snowed because if we'd been able (laughs) to complete the whole thing, we probably would have a better idea where, by the way, Cisco, I know you mentioned uh, Kubica earlier. Uh, his comment at the 
towards the end of the test was interesting to me because even though he was faster, he made the point it's not his job to worry about his teammate. Yes, I know, but it's our job as journalists to go, oh, he was faster the whole time, was he? Oh, maybe he should have had that ride from the beginning, huh? <laughs> Not going to lie, I tend to agree with you. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I he did said. Too, and I just love that, uh, that he brought it up to begin with. Yeah. I, I mean, we've all just been sitting here going, look, Williams, we know you need the money, but really? <laughs> You're really going to yeah. do that? Okay. All right, I want to I want to circle back to Lewis Hamilton for a second because some of his comments must. at the end <laughs> were so interesting. Somebody asked him at the end of the uh, first week of testing if he wanted to see closer competition than last year. His response, quote, definitely. The closer it is, the better it is when you win. You want the guys you're racing to have a level playing field that you can really show that there's only small differences between us as drivers, and you want to be able to show that. It's magnified if all the cars are same, end quote. Hmm. Wishful thinking, Lewis. Not sure it's going to happen in yeah. reality. I'm not sure if you want that as a driver. Thinking. I was going to say, here, here's, here was my immediate thought. I was going to turn to Tyler and go, Tyler, you're a racer. Is he full of crap or what? He is, yes, yeah. 100%. You don't want any competition. You want to lap the field three times. Oh, for sure. That's <laughs> There's a reason why I want to go home and I play in NASCAR. He, I turn it on to rookie mode. It's because I just want to fly through the field. Well, There's nothing to be said for crushing the field by three laps. <laughs> it's kind of desperate, isn't it, Tyler? I mean, that might be a little desperate. But, yeah, I mean, look, I, I understand what, what Lewis is trying to project there. It is supposed to be the best racing in the world, after all. So yeah. you, you really do want I mean, after, some, I, I think but, when they went to the new chassis and the new, uh, new tires, uh, when they changed complete, pretty much everything, I think it really improved the racing in Formula 1. Because you know, I think before, more than – before all that, I thought I think you saw more of the dominant seasons where you know you had your Schumachers, you had your Senna's, where they just mm -hmm. went out and freaking murdered for years upon years. I think level racers. Yeah, and I think you're seeing less of that now. I hope you're seeing less of that now. I like good competition. I, I'll offer the other side of Lewis's quote too. I don't prepare myself and then hope that the next guy has issues so I can capitalize them. I want him to be at his best because then it's more painful for them when you do outperform them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and, true. And see, there's something to that too. Like I guess I do merit. believe he. I do believe he actually wants to see the series be a competitive, entertaining series. But, I mean, as a driver, let's face facts here. You you don't yeah. want the next. There's a reason why Lewis Hamilton's teammate is who it is as compared to who it was. Yes. Because the guy before him beat Lewis out for a championship. Yes. We can't have that happen anymore. No, we can't have that happen. Now, on the other side of the Lewis Hamilton quandary, yes. he was kind of mad about something, and this is popping shortly on Race Chaser Online, courtesy of one James V. Pike, who was at Barcelona for yes, the first week of testing. Quote, I'm not sure why they do resurface in regards to the recent resurfacing of the Barcelona track. I think it's a waste of money in general, because the older the surface, the more character there is in a circuit. They've smoothed this one out so that it loses a lot of its great character that a track like Barcelona has. I always relate it to a house. When you go and buy a brand new house, it's got no character. It's new. If you go and buy an old house, older homes always have a little bit of history and a little bit more character. It's the same thing with a racetrack. When you go to a brand new circuit, it's got no history. But I like a track that's a bit more dated in terms of surface. So Lewis compared Spain to a house. NASCAR? Go ahead, Cisco. 
Are we just going to quote the NASCAR chasm photo of we're going to be at Atlanta and it's going to look like an earthquake drove over the track before they finally decide <laughs> to repave it? Is this is this what what's going to happen now? I Absolutely. Said, like, I said oh, the same 50 thing. years later, we're still using the same surface at Barcelona. I, uh, a giant pit in the middle of it and a giant pothole, but it's okay. We just go around there. <laughs> actually, I actually yeah. went to – I was at Atlanta. I actually went down with the, uh, DGR Cross. Yes, you did. We saw and, uh, you there. Oh, that's, yeah, you guys, you did. And uh, I was hanging out with David and Bone. I actually went walked down to the corners, which is a far walk. I don't know why I did it, but I just it just seemed like a good idea. Curiosity. Yeah, it, it seemed Hang like. Hang on it, a minute, you're a racer. You ain't supposed to be tired. <laughs> it, it seemed like a good idea at the, at the time. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. And I walked down the corners. I've seen. I've watched. Obviously, I've watched it on TV. I'd never been to Atlanta before. And I thought it looked I thought it looked rough on TV. It's Holy amazing cow. how rough it actually is, isn't it? Oh my lord! I've I didn't been on the thing yet. If if there are any uh, fitness trainers out there that would like to uh, whip Tyler Ankrum into shape, <laughs> let us know. We'll yes. pass it pass it along to to him. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it is a rough surface. But you know, again, the, the drivers like it that way, so they keep saying. I mean, I know Kevin Harvick likes it. Yeah, that yes. Way. Kevin Harvick doesn't want it. That After change. this year's race, I'm not too sure yes. the rest yes. of the drivers may feel this feel the same. But uh, Kevin Harvick certainly enjoyed it a whole bunch. Yes, he did. Okay, so basically to tie all of this into a nice little bow, Cisco, what you're saying for and what you've been saying for the last 12 minutes is that what we know is we don't know anything. What we know is tune into practice one at the Australian Grand Prix. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's basically it. We'll leave it at that. There's another week of testing this week, but we probably won't learn a whole lot from that either. So, anyway, we're going to step aside. When we come back, Steve, wake up. You know why? Because we're going to talk dirt and this rivalry that's broken out over the first yeah. five races. Yeah, I, uh, oh I want yeah. to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, Tom's excited for a change. Oh, boy. Second round of motorsports. <laughs> Madness coming up right after this. You're listening to PMN, and we'll be back if Bill decides to keep us on the air. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. 
don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hide the kids. It's time to get dirty with the Race Chaser Online crew. Here's your host, Jacob Seelman, with Turn 5 Live's curator of Casa de Porkchop, Stephen Evans. <laughs> if, if, if all of you guys knew what we talked about during the break, we'd all be out of a job. I was going to say, you <laughs> would want to know. That's the truth. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. In, in other news, you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, and the Comedy we Hour <laughs> is on the air now. Jacob yeah. Seelman, Tom Baker, Tyler Ankrum, Cisco Scaramuza, and Steve Ovens on a Monday night talking racing, and Dr. Dirt is going to put on his dirt hat right now because, Steve, you and Tom are up against me, and, well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news in this rivalry, but I have more wins right now. Wait. Let's give the tally at the moment. Donnie Schatz has three, and Sheldon has two. Okay. I still have more, though. Not Three convinced. is more than it's two. It's not a very convincing margin here. Hang on a minute. Let's also be clear, though, by the way, Steve, to kick all this discussion off, they are the only two World of Outlaws drivers to win a race <laughs> exactly. so far this season. And on the final night of the FVP Outlaw Showdown in Vegas on Thursday, they ran 1-2. Sheldon beat Donnie in the heat race with a slide job. Donnie goes... Yeah, no. Watch this, son. Watch this. So, let's let's take a poll of all the dirt fans listening out in, in the airwaves tonight. Hashtag Ask PMN on Twitter. Hashtag Ask PMN. How many of you thought that Sheldon Hodenshield would beat David Gravel to two wins on the season? Okay, put your hands down. Now, how many of you thought that in five races... Donnie Schatz and Sheldon Hunshield would be the only two guys to get wins. Okay, the rest of you put your hands down. Because <laughs> you're all liars. Yeah, if you raised them, you're lying. Crazy. I mean, in, you know, this, Tom, this is exactly what we've been talking about at the beginning of the season here in the races that we've run so far. That Sheldon, 
we needed to see, can Sheldon keep this momentum going? Can this team continue on a roll like this of winning races and competing for wins? And could they compete for the World of Outlaws Championship? I mean, I know we're only five races in, but up to this point, we can answer yes to that. Well, yeah, up to this point, and I think you've got enough of a data sample right now to be able to look at this season and ask what in the world just happened? Because I think if, again, if you'd have said how many people expected that there'd be two winners so far and it would be Sheldon and and Shotzi, I don't think anybody could realistically have forecasted that. And the thing, Jacob, that I've said from the start about this team and this I have believed, and what I look for is I look at what do you do with what you have. Mm -hmm. And Sheldon Howdenshield last year didn't have championship equipment. Let's be honest here. Right. But Sheldon consistently got more out of what he had than what he had. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. he got everything out of that car. So you give him the resources that a Shotzi has or any of the other teams have. It only stood to reason. The only question would be how quickly could he deliver? Well, it didn't take him long in Florida, and it hasn't taken him long to back it up, and it's 3-2, to two, and I do believe, Jacob, you're going to see this all the way through the season. Now, I, I do believe there'll be some other winners, but, yeah, I, I think Sheldon's in it to win it. I hope. I really do hope because if this battle keeps up and can keep up the whole year, <sighs> well... Yes, and let me go back to Steve here with this. If this battle keeps up, and it can keep up the whole year in terms of these two developing this sort of back-and-forth thing, now we know that there are going to be other winners. The depth in the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Tour, Steve, never, ever been better. No, it hasn't been, and I want to add to this so that Steve can speak on it too. There are now 19 full-time yes, outlaws that's where i, I was going i don't know that we've ever had that steve what that means it's, for the people steve it, it, who don't follow almost a full field following the tour everywhere it goes i don't remember the last time that happened yeah it's definitely been a while it i you know i can't give you an exact year guys but it's not been in recent memory I was gonna say, oh, heck right. no. 20 years is it at, at least. At least, yeah. yeah. I'm still not in convinced this ever happened. In fact, we it, didn't it, really have a commitment program back then. No, so, no. You know, I don't know that it's ever yeah, happened like this. This may be actually a first, Steve. Yeah. And and you, if you guys look at the point sheet, you can see it, it just in looking at the point sheet. Now, yeah. I don't want to get too wrapped up into points five races in the season. No. no. But if you look at the point sheet and at least look at the top 20 – uh, it gives you an indication of the depth of the field that we're talking about here. Yes. When you look at a guy like Darren Pittman, who's sitting 10th in the points, 12th, only has a top 10 to speak of for the season so yeah. far. Um, a guy like David Gravel, who we thought was going to be the guy to dethrone shots last year, currently sits eighth in the points. Um, and then if you get toward the top, Sitting in third, you've got Jason Johnson in the 41 car, uh, who's got two top fives and four top tens, and Sheldon with two wins, three top fives, four top tens. 
the field is more diverse and is a, uh, you know, to your guys' point, we have mm-hmm. a deeper field than we've ever had. I think that that could potentially lead to a bigger mix of winners here in 2018. I think, even though he's got two wins already, or three wins already, Jacob, I think that this year, more than any other year, is going to be difficult for Donnie Schatz to reach that 25-win mark. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean... I think that, you know, the, with the, the depth of the field here and what we've seen from some of the young guys already, I think that uh, it's going to be tough for him to reach that. Absolutely. I believe you are correct in that regard, 110%. Now, I want to actually go down this point sheet, and it was actually just updated earlier today with everything through Las Vegas. So I, I want to go down this point sheet and actually isolate the guys who are – Full-time platinum commitment drivers here. Donnie Schatz, 738 points. He leads the way. Sheldon Haudenshield, second, minus 12. Brad Sweet, third, minus 46. Jason Johnson, fourth. Shane Stewart, fifth. David Gravel. The new guy on the block, Tim Schaefer. More on that in a minute. Logan Schuhart. Darren Pittman. Joey Saldana. We believe, and the reason I can say that is because he took a provisional for one of the West Coast, er, yeah. early West Coast yep. shows, which are only available to full-time drivers. Right. So that was something we weren't sure about going into the year, was that uh, Saldana it, it seems to be, with the Rudine Racing 26 car, a full-time driver. Yep. Parker Price Miller, Craig Kinzer, Ian Madsen, Brent Marks, Jason Sides, Greg Wilson, Jacob Allen, Clyde okay, Knipp was, yeah. and Dane Lawrence. That's 19 of the top 24 drivers in the standings. But you look down that list of names, Steve, that is more depth than we have had in, like I said, years if not decades. This is unheard of right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that you know there's a lot to be said for – you know, the whole Platinum Driver program. I mean, I, Jacob, I think that you can speak a little bit better to the NASCAR side you mm-hmm. know, to help me out here. But, you know, you look at the Platinum Driver program and you look at the Charter program mm-hmm. over on, on, the, on the NASCAR Cup side, and, and there's a lot of similarities of, of, you know, the reasoning why to have this kind of program. Right. Now, when the whole Platinum program came out, you know, as we're talking about right now, you know, yes, there were a dozen or maybe 13, 14 drivers, um, you know, at some of the tire points. I think that, there were that, 13 that I yeah. remember. Yeah. And, and so you look at that and you say, uh, OK, I mean, does it was that really a success? But I think it's now. Now you look at 2018 mm-hmm. and look at where the program is right now. And now you can say, okay, we've got a big enough data set here to look at this and say, yes, it was it. Did it catch fire right away? No, maybe it didn't. But every year along the way led to 2018, where we looked down the point sheet in the in two dozen drivers and a majority, an overwhelming majority of them are on this platinum program. So it's making a difference. And and. 
you know, quite frankly, uh, yes, does it help the teams? But I'll tell you what, it puts on a great show for the fans. Yes. And that's the important part. Yes, it is. Now, I want to add to this, by the way, that two of the names in that top 24 that I didn't mention because they're not platinum commitment drivers, and it really makes you wish they were, Steve, are eighth and ninth in the points right now. Kerry Madsen and the Go Muddy 2 car and Blackjack Brian Brown and the FVP 21. Oh, my goodness, don't you wish. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do, certainly, but... I think that Kerry Madsen and Brian Brown for the deals that they have, I mean, we talk about doing the most with what resources you have. And, and I think that for Kerry Madsen and Brian Brown, they, their particular deals are, are the sweet spot mm-hmm. for the team and the driver. And so when I look at it that way, let's take Kerry Madsen, for example. Kerry has, has been public about the fact that you know, he's okay with not racing 120 times a year. And if that makes him, you know, the competitor and and the caliber driver that we've always known him to be at those 45 to 50 races a year that we see him, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, would I love to see him running with the Outlaws every night? Absolutely. But from from his perspective and the team's perspective, if if they can put a race-winning car on the track uh, for every one of those shows they do go to. I'm all right with that. Now, real quick before we go to break, I want to have you touch on the announcement that came out right after Las Vegas, or actually I guess it was during Las Vegas, that the 19th driver in that stable of full-timers, Tim Schaefer, the Steel City outlaw, he's back on tour Think back, he was the 1999 Outlaws Rookie of the Year, spent a good portion of the 2000s as a series regular, dropped off for a while, and now he and Jeff Rudzik with that 49X car, they're here, and they could be scary. They could be. And, Jacob, from just the surprise factor, let's, let's put it this way. More of a surprise in 2018. Sheldon Haudenshield being the only other driver other than Donnie Schatz to win a race this year? Or is it more of a surprise that Tim Schaefer, all of a sudden at Las Vegas, has announced that they're the next platinum driver to follow the entire tour? Honestly, I think Sheldon's the bigger surprise right now because when when Tim and Jeff announced this the other night, I kind of sat back in my chair and went, well, dang, it's about time you came back on tour. You just had this weird feeling that Tim couldn't stay away forever. And him being back, I think, is a great thing. I want to talk more about that for a minute when we come back. But we got to do a little bit of business, so we'll step aside. And Motorsports Madness will be back right after this on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing 
racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. We are back here on PMN, talking dirt right now. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Tyler Ankrum, and Dr. Dirt Steve Ovens around the current round table. Be rejoined by Cisco Scaramuza here shortly. And Steve-O, before the break, we were talking about Tim Schaefer. I want to continue talking about Tim Schaefer for a minute, and then I want to talk about my two favorite words. Breaking news. But first, Tim Schaefer. Because he kind of, to me, is one of the straws that could stir this early season drink if he stays off to the start that he's been on. I think this 49X car, as strong as they've performed in years past on the West Coast swing, if he comes out of here sitting pretty, oof, this could be one that we weren't necessarily thinking about maybe make a run at this. You, you read my mind, Jacob, because, you know, I feel I was just getting ready to say I feel like for the last, what, two or three years now, Tim Schaefer has been the guy to beat right out of the box uh, to start a season, whether it's the All-Stars at, at uh, Bubba Raceway Park or Volusia or once we start making our way out west and into the West Coast swing, mm -hmm. I mean, these guys just, I don't know what it is. I don't think that if you asked them that they could point to any one particular thing, they have just, they have been lightning in a bottle coming out of mm -hmm. the gate at the beginning of the year. And, and so when you look at how they started in Florida uh, and now with the outlaws, now they go to Vegas, now they announce they're a platinum team. And you look at some of the tracks we're headed to in California uh, and, and other tracks as they start to make that swing through California, Oregon, etc. 
there's just a lot of tracks coming up that really suit Tim Schaefer. And you're spot on, Jacob. He could be he could be the driver sitting seventh in points that up until tonight we haven't talked about mm-hmm. that could come out of the West Coast swing and either be in a top three position or you know, if, if they go on a run, they could pull down a couple wins. They could be leading this thing coming out of the West Coast swing. Let's see. Who were we talking about last year that came close to doing that? Brad Sweet? That sounds right. You know, Brad Sweet's consistently the one that we talk about on the West Coast swing. However, we're not talking about him right now because we had, as I mentioned a moment ago, breaking news. And... <laughs> Why do you go into a, like an Ernie voice every time? <laughs> it's like Ernie from Sesame Street. It's like... Because I can. That, that, that's why I do that. Because it's like I can. Ernie from Sesame Street. All right. Breaking news. Hey, Bert. So, this week's news, Steve, is that Jason Sides has hired the king of the Thunderbolt, Tim Kading, TK, going to be behind the wheel of a second. 7S car for Sides Motorsports at Tulare this weekend with the possibility, maybe, if things go well, of that happening a little bit more before the end of the West Coast swing. Now, there were a lot of questions raised a few weeks back when uh, Jason made comments that kind of alluded to the possibility of stepping back. I don't know if this would have anything to do with that at all, but what I do know is this. Anybody puts Tim Kading in a decent sprint car at Tulare, he's going to find a way to pe- to be competitive. Well, I, boy, Jacob, I really got to look at this with a, a glass half full kind of mentality here because on one side, you look at Tim Kading and you say, man, that guy going out on the West Coast here with Jason Sides, that could be magic. But there's a big but there but the performance has just not been there for the 7s team and so i i would be very cautiously optimistic if i was a tim kading fan because yes you know is is he magic out on the west coast you better believe it but the, the car's got to be there. Mm-hmm. And for the second time tonight, I will refer to something Kevin Harvick said. A good driver can't make a slow car go fast. And that applies in NASCAR, and it applies in sprint car racing. So while I'm excited to see TK mixing it up here with these guys, just like we saw Jason Myers this past weekend at Vegas, I'm, I'm going to be real cautious on my optimism just because of the performance from the 7S team. Wait, hang on a minute. Back up. You're saying that all those times that Kyle Larson went out and won something was because he's not just a good driver, but he had a fast car too? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> By the way, we are going to see Jason Myers, who Steve just mentioned a moment ago, back in action at the Thunder Bowl this weekend. Uh, he's going to be tuning up for one of their big races coming up in April, the Peter Murphy Classic. But, you know, that was great to see last week at Vegas, Steve. He contended in the top five for a while. I know it wasn't necessarily the final finish that Jason was hoping for, but he said, we know we're racing against the best, and if we can go out and be competitive and show some speed, 
hey, I'm okay with that. I feel like they accomplished the mission. And, you know, he had told me over the phone last week, I just want to have fun. Think he had fun. Well, I, I think so. When when you can come out Saturday night and run seventh to Donnie Schatz and Sheldon Hodenshield and David Gravel being the top three, I mean, I you've got to be having fun. And, and they really proved a point mm-hmm. uh, that, that they could compete uh, that, you know, Jason has not lost it at all. And, you know, we're talking about drivers jumping on as platinum drivers. Uh, <laughs> Jacob, how much how much would you be willing to pay to see Jason Myers back on the full tour? Let me ask you. I would pay a lot, but I know uh, I know this from talking to him over the last several years, that there is no amount of money I don't think that could get Jason Myers back on tour. He's just in a different place in his life now, and he's completely content, Tom, with running the 10 or 12 races a year that he does, which, you know what? God bless him for it. He went out, he ran second to Donnie Schatz, and then beat Donnie Schatz for two straight years to win back-to-back championships, and then, you know, decided that family was a little bit more important and his business was more important, and he just wanted to have fun going racing. So, you know what? God bless him for it. Well, again, you know, 90 races a year is is a mentally draining experience for these guys. You know, that that's a grueling thing. You you make that choice that that's your lifestyle or it's not. Exactly. That's exactly right. And basically where that came down to is the fact, Steve, that Jason just decided that that wasn't the lifestyle he wanted anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I look at a couple of I look at a couple of drivers that are currently on tour who, you know, have either decided the same thing or, you know, or maybe a ride kind of disappeared on them and and they kind of took it and embraced it because, yeah, it is a grueling lifestyle. Um, I mean, look at uh, look at Joey Saldana. Now, he's still going to be, you know, he's obviously still racing here. And, and mm-hmm. from what we saw this past weekend, you know, running fairly well. Yes. But, um you know, you look at guys like a Joey, or you look at guys like maybe a Darren Pittman. We don't know how long those guys are going to be out on tour uh, in years to come. And, and those are folks with growing families, too. So, you know, it's it's always something to consider for sure. Yes. I want to give a quick shout out to the boys with Fenders because the World of Outlaws late models are going to be in action for two days this upcoming weekend for the Tennessee tip off at Smoky Mountain Speedway. That is the house and stomping grounds of Mike Marler, who's on tour full-time this year, Steve. The Tennessee driver looking to do his thing at the Tennessee racetrack. And, you know, he's he's a guy in late models, much like I've said about Tim Schaefer in the sprint cars over the past few weeks, somebody who I wished would commit to the tour. Hey, now he's here. You want to talk about a potential challenger to a guy like Brandon Shepard and the Rocket One car? Boom. There you go. Jacob, this weekend, write the check. Write the check for the for the one five seven? Write the check for a sweep. Put me in for a sweep. There wow. You go. You're calling it right now. <laughs> one five seven goes two four two. Yep. And he is going to make a bold statement doing so. Wow. wow. 
<laughs> okay, I'm not quite that brave, but I do think Marler wins at least one this weekend, and I'll tell you who I think has a good shot to win the other one. Smokey Madden. I think Chris Madden comes out and has something to say about this. I've never seen the World of Outlaws late model point standings this tight through the early portion of the season, and I can't, I really can't wait, honestly, to see how all of this goes down. I don't believe it is going to be quite that easy for Brandon Shepard to repeat this year, Steve. That's, you know, quickly my two cents there. No, I, I think you're, you know, Madden will be a contender without a doubt, but uh, I just, I think that both Chris Madden, Shep, you know, B. Shep, I think they're going to have a lot to handle with uh, with Marler this weekend. So pencil me in. Fair enough. With that, we're going to step aside and, well, you never know where we're going to go when we come back. We still got a lot left to cover and we got another half hour yet to do it. You're listening to Motorsports Madness and you're listening to it here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. 
You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. driver Matt Hirschman, you're listening to Motorsports Madness on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Madness here on PMN. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Tyler Ankrum, Cisco Scaramuza, and Steve Ovens on a Monday night uh, talking racing around a round table. Well, most of us are at quite a round literally. table. Yes, quite literally. Comments? Mine's from... an L-shaped table, in yeah. case you care. Well, that that's because you're out in parts unknown in the Midwest. Well, we're we gonna get like a couch in here. We're getting talk about racing comfortably. Hang yeah, on careful a minute. What you wish for? <laughs> really? Careful Dude, what you I, wish for? I might come here a lot more often. Well, <laughs> you already threatened to come yeah, here I every did, week yeah. earlier in the night, so I did. we we might just have to take him up on that. Anyway, so talking racing right now. Um, things that uh, we have not gotten to hit on yet during this show. I actually want to go back to the NASCAR set for We've hit quite a, a lot of racing. This. Yes, we have. <laughs> Tyler makes a good point. That's what we do on Monday That's nights. why it's called madness. Now, I want to circle back to the NASCAR set for a few minutes because, Cisco. Yes? Things, shenanigans, happened again. Are we putting tinfoil hats on again? What's going no, on? No, no, no. We're not putting tinfoil hats on, but uh, I am putting my googly-eyed glasses on because, holy crap, we are three races into the year, and Jimmy Johnson hasn't finished on the lead lap yet. He wasn't that bad last on Sunday. Yes, he was. 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 He was he was awful. He just somehow he ended up 12th basically because there were a few guys that had issues and fell backwards or fell out and he recovered just enough to finish there, but he got lapped twice during that race. No, he didn't. He held him on. He held off Harvick to get lapped or to keep from going two down. No, he actually got lapped and got it back through a free pass, I think, if you check. Because I think he actually did. There may be a – did they have a yellow or something happen because he was going to get lapped again. Okay, so here – yes, here's how this works. Jimmy had Jimmy had fresher tires late in the run and was actually able to hold Harvick off from going a second lap down. He ended up getting the free pass to get back on the lead lap. Well, no, this is what I'm saying. Harvick passed him twice during the race to lap him. yes. He just he got just and no no but but he was never two laps no, down at any point. No, that's not what I meant. Right, but yes, I said he, he got lapped twice. He was thirteen. He was, he was twice. Thirteen to laps, but I think it was. He was lapped yeah. with thirteen to go at the very end. Yeah, Cisco. I gotta give him credit. You know, Jimmy did a good job at almost staying on the lead lap till the tail end. But Cisco, oh, I know Chad Canal said on Race Hub last week that Jimmy Johnson is not in the panic camp. I'm in the panic camp though. Sound the alarms. But Yikes. Did you yeah. hear, did you listen to the broadcast on Sunday? Because they brought up a very good point, which is this car that they ran at Vegas was loaded up before Daytona. So they didn't edit. They didn't work on this car. They haven't worked on this car in like three weeks, Jacob. So, of course, it's going to be garbage. 
<laughs> I, hey, is that I, th- that's their story and they're sticking to it? I, I think that was a country Cisco, hit. That car was a, a dumpster fire when it left <laughs> Charlotte, it Carolina. Yeah, you Thank can't you, put lipstick on that page. <laughs> no, they you can't. That car up because West Coast Swing. So therefore, they haven't gotten back to the shop to take it apart and go. Oh yeah, we need to, you know, make the roof so that it folds in so we get more down. <laughs> oh yeah, no. oh we're back to that again. <laughs> All right, tinfoil hats back on. Hockey. Hashtag yeah. horse, horse hockey. hockey. Yeah, there you go. All right, hey. Let, let's stop, and I will give Jimmy a little bit of kudos. I don't want this to be the dump on Jimmy Johnson segment. I got to give him a little bit of kudos for starting last, going through everything he went through, almost going two laps down, and still coming through the field to finish 12th sure. and have a decent points day. It's not all bad. Look, we're only mostly. We're, we're, well, yes, and we're having a little fun with this here, but I mean. We're not going to overreact, but I did say... Who said I was overreacting? I did say, Steve, on this show a week or two back, the dynasty's done. And I believe firmly the dynasty's done. I mean, he'll win some races. I don't think he... I, it, this year is not going to be a championship year by any stretch. I, th- there's, they've got to find their way again, Steve, because right now that team is just off in its whole situation right now there's something very bad wrong going on i i just tom the the it's a dumpster fire right now it really is i mean i the dynasty yeah you can throw the dynasty right out the window and and jacob as far as not wanting to come down on the guy i mean are we going to start giving out participation trophies now (laughs) i mean wow that's kind of a low blow right there They have been terrible. (laughs) JJ fans, right to Steve at. I'm just. Wow. He finished 12, guys. He finished in the top 15 after starting dead last, and we're ripping on him like he finished 30th. Well, the problem is, Cisco, he ran like a 30th place car for most of the race. That's, you know. (laughs) Hey, hang on a minute. To be fair. When you compare to the race winner, everybody ran like well, a 30th place car. <laughs> you got a point there. And look, it, it, let's also be fair to say that he wasn't the only Hendrick car with issues. No, I mean, the only, the one only that, Hendrick car that looked good was the 9. Yeah, the 9 car Kurt was Bush the, cleaned him out. the only one that was in the top 10, Steve. I mean, everybody else nev- never got near the top 10. Uh, Jimmy was the closest of the rest to do that, and it took him till the end of the race to get there. But... Jacob, yes, he, Jimmy is the only one who, in my mind, isn't automatic, you know, maybe Chase, too. I, I get, maybe I'm convincing myself otherwise before I say this, but to me, Jimmy is the one driver out of that four right now who doesn't get a pass. I, I just think that, you know, he... He has got to be the guy. He's the veteran of the team. I mean, he's he's grandpa well, well, on the team. But hang he's on, been though. There, done that. Hang on, Steve. I mean, let's let's be fair here. He he isn't involved in this alone. I mean, right. you know, I, you you gotta you gotta look at Chad Canals. You gotta look at what they're going to the track with. I mean, hmm. 
you know, let's you, remind ourselves they failed pre-race test three times was, and got their car chief thrown out. I was out. just going to say that. When you fail pre-race tech three times, Steve, that's not Jimmy Johnson. That is Chad Knaus needing to own that responsibility. And that's why I said that team right now is way off in their setups. It has nothing to do with Jimmy Johnson at this point. I mean, a blown tire or whatever is a blown tire. But they're just not – they haven't got any speed. Where's my big red button that says eject on it that I can use to signify what NASCAR did to Jesse Saunders? Well, Tom, to, to oh. your point, <laughs> yeah, the talking you. about Chad Knauss, and this is the first time I think I've ever seen people talk about this over the weekend. Is it time for a change? The dynasty's over. Is it time for a change on that 48 car? Jimmy doesn't think so, but Rick Hendrick may disagree. Well, and I don't think so either, and I'll tell you why. Because if this were strictly bad calls in the pits, you know, setup issues, just – I mean, if you if you let Chad Knauss go, okay, you break up the team. Now, who do you replace him with, number one? And is this an issue of of speed in terms of Hendrick Motorsports equipment? Or is this an issue of Chad Knauss just not finding any speed? And uh, Bill just says Dale Inman in our chat. I love that. Um, I don't think you're going to get no, Dale out of retirement, yeah, Bill, but nice try. The job, but, um, you know, it's really, a, uh, I think this is a bigger issue than just even that 48 team. Yeah, the Hendrick Motorsports as a whole is, is struggling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're they're definitely somebody made the comment on Twitter that they've turned into Roush Fenway Racing real fast, and I don't know if I want to no, go quite no, that no, far. No, 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 no. But no. there there certainly are some team wide issues. I there. think they're struggling to adapt to the new Camaro a little bit more than some of the other Chevrolet teams. Well, to be honest, yeah, maybe, but except for the fact that the 48 wasn't that great at the end of last year either. So, you know, I, I yeah, definitely... Yeah, but all the Hendrick cars are struggling right now. It's not just Jimmy. Everybody, well, well, but that's kind of my point. I think, it's a, I think it's a lot of things is what I'm saying. I think there are a lot of little factors here. Yeah. But Jimmy Johnson, to me, is not one of them. Jimmy is not no. making mistakes on the racetrack. No. You know, Jimmy Johnson's seventh time, and you really can't take that away from him. Well, no. and, and even, you, I mean, if, even if you wanted to say, well, he's losing some of the skill or whatever, because there comes that point. I, we watched him drive the car through the field the other day, finished 12th. Okay, you give him the piece, he still goes to the front and runs for wins. Okay, this is an overall team-wide situation right now. Chad Knauss is in charge of that team, and Hendrick Motorsports has basically a lot of it, um, you know, going on throughout the whole group now. William Byron, obviously, probably struggling a little bit as a driver, so that team's trying to find itself. You know, Alex Bowman looks mm -hmm. okay, but hasn't looked great except at Daytona, and I still think it was an egregious call they made to, to not run the duel. Yeah. So, you know, you just look at what's going on there, and – this to me, Cisco, is a Hendrick Motorsports team thing that they got to find their footing again. It's not just, and it's certainly not Jimmy Johnson. Before we go to break, I do want to point out the elf in the room we haven't even talked about that had a way worse day than Jimmy Johnson. That was William Myron. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I just mentioned him. Um, he wasn't even close. No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, you know, this is a Hendrick problem. The other thing is, is the 48 team has never, ever until this last year and a half or so, had to play from behind. They've never had to claw out of just being, and, you know, it's, it's again, this part of that is mentality. Mm -hmm. 
do they have the mentality, does Chad Knauss have the mentality as a crew chief to be able to get through this kind of a slump and get back? They've always been competitive even when they haven't won championships. This is going to be interesting to watch, but I don't think it's a Jimmy Johnson problem. And like last year, they flexed some of their muscles. They won at Texas and they won at Bristol. But even then, I mean, they won those races, but in my opinion, he got lucky on strategy. Uh, Bristol, he what, took only two tires and was able to stay out front of the guys who took four. Something yeah, th- along those lines. Yeah, Texas, I was, I believe, was the same way. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's still part of winning. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, know, you still find ways to win. Right, but you know. they didn't. I mean, all last year they didn't have that dominating factor. Yeah, like no, some of the guys did, even yeah. though they still won. I mean, it, it, I guess bottom line to all this is it panic time for the 48 team? It's way past panic time. Yeah. All right, we're going to step aside our lightning round coming up right after this. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Things that we're going to talk about during this lightning round. Cole Custer falls into that category, but not yet. Welcome back to the madness here on PMN. The white flag is out. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Tyler Ankrum, Cisco Scaramuza, and Steve Ovens as we kick off our lightning round, and I want to go around the table in order as follows. Tom 
Tyler, Cisco, Steve. Everybody got that. We're clear? Good? Thumbs up? Yes? Sure. Awesome. So, this is where the Fox panic meter is going to make an appearance. I will explain it. It's a one to four system. One, we're cool. Two, we're anxious. Three, concerned. Four is red button panic. So on a one to four scale on the panic meter, Jimmy Johnson is the first subject. Are you concerned, Tom? Uh, yeah, 15 on the panic <laughs> meter. I'm out of my mind right now because it isn't that I believe Jimmy Johnson has forgotten how to drive to the front and win a race. His car is awful from week to week, and it really wasn't that great at the end of last year. I know we're only three races in, but I'm really nervous if I'm the 48 team right now. Okay, so Tom just said the thermometer is broken. It's beyond <laughs> red. It's white hot over panic Tyler it's 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 gone through the roof yeah I think it's time I'm, I agree with Tom I think we need to start panicking last year I mean <laughs> oh wow what 25 races since he's won I mean I'm not, 26 now 26 yeah 26 yeah. now so I mean that's that's crazy to think about Jimmy Johnson going through a dry spell like that because that's not Jimmy Johnson Cisco one to four I it's what what else am I going to say apart from the what if the other two have said or off the scale at this point? Oof, Steve. It's off the scale and it's time for a change. Ooh, ooh. So you're calling for the firing of Jack Knauss. <laughs> Tom, I don't care if you have to fire the guy pushing the broom in the shop. <laughs> Something's got to change. Wow. Heads will roll up. <laughs> wow. I, I, I am the only one at this table that's not freaking out here. I'm like a, I'm like a two. I'm a little I'm a little anxious, but I agree with what <laughs> I agree with what Canal said about his driver. Jimmy's not worried at all. Steve is really in a panic over this. Wow. I don't Jacob, if I had seven championships <laughs> under my belt and I was making the kind of coin Jimmy Johnson's making. I wouldn't be worried either. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. When you put it that way, I think you got a point. Next question. <laughs> Friday night's truck race at Las Vegas was blank. Tom. Friday night's truck race at Las Vegas was incredible. I mean, that was that was delicious, in fact. Okay. It was so great. Tom changed midway through, and I'll <laughs> use the word delicious because I like that better. <laughs> For a stat, I mean that was the most exciting race I truck race I'd ever watch. I mean, a lot of times what happens is I lose interest and I flip over to the golf channel. But that was the first <laughs> time where this coming from a future NASCAR <laughs> hopeful, <laughs> where this was the first race where I was like, oh my gosh, I can't miss a beat of this. Hey, hang on a B. minute, hang on a minute. Let's just state for the record that Tyler Ankrum just said he flips to the golf <laughs> channel for entertainment I mean, when a race there gets Mexico boring. This year, that were this past week. And I, I, I can't. Tournament. I can't do golf. I'm sorry. No. How? No. No. Cisco. Well, first off, Tyler, don't switch to the golf's channel. Turn on LSR TV because we're streaming at that time. <laughs> so, I mean, give us give us some support. But, All right, uh, uh, hey, next time I'll give you guys some love. Hey, I love it. I love it. But uh, truck race was Moffitastic. Moffitastic. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Very good. Well played. It definitely was a Moffitastic performance. Steve. Well, 
it was compelling. Uh, I'm with Tyler in that I watched Green Flag to Checkered Flag, and I there was no question of turning the channel. Now I'm gonna throw a panic button on the Golf Channel, but we'll just. Leave that <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Tiger's coming back. Tiger's coming. Tiger's back. coming and, back. And Phil Mickelson won in Mexico, so I mean that's You're, for an older there guy. You go. Yeah. We're, there you go. There's Tyler's there's golf hope. plug for the night. All right. I, there are two things I could do here, and I, I started to say Friday's truck race was rowdy because Kyle did, <laughs> Kyle well, did get his 50th career truck ri- win, by the way, and he's only one behind Ron Hornaday for most all time in the series. But I'm going to go a different direction. Friday night's truck race for me was concerning, and it's not because of the racing. The racing, for the most part, was fantastic. Yeah. But Friday night's truck race, for me, was concerning because the the disparity in speed between most of the field and some of these lap trucks. Guys, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus here, but there were a few trucks out there that were, and, and I saw it described on Twitter as dangerously slow at Classic. points. Ten. To, Sorry, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> to I wasn't gonna name any names. Cisco, just Cisco's saying. been throwing a lot of shit. I tonight. mean, <laughs> I mean, who did the sixteen nearly hit in the last couple laps? I know. Well, look. I, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm just being honest here. We've got we have to take a look at this, and I I think the minimum speed rule for the truck series may need to be looked at much like ARCA did in their situation I think the middle of last year because we can't we can't have trucks going 20 or 30 miles off the pace no. and, and affecting the outcome of the race we just that's not good for the sport it's not good for the drivers here's the problem we've got folks this is where we're at and this is why you should be concerned about the truck series in one respect we have trouble filling fields yes and because we do, you don't want to turn people away. But at the same time, what you run into is you've got these starting parks or these trucks that just don't have the resources or equipment. And so they, you know, they're in the way. They get lapped a lot. You know, it's it's kind of a we saw this situation a few years ago in Xfinity with some of the guys. Um, and it seems like now that series, you're, you're seeing a little bit less of that. The, the truck series is a really, really tough situation right now. I'm honestly praying that Ben Kennedy somehow can, through whatever ideas or knowledge he has, somehow can resurrect this and add some trucks to the field, find a way to, I'm hoping the, the motor's, do this help with this a little bit but this is what happens when you've got a series that runs 25 races a year and costs the the travel costs for a truck from here to california or wherever in nevada is the same as the cost for for, you know here for a cup car from here Mm -hmm. the, the gas is the same the lodging's the same the food is the same you know i mean so you you i think you've got to figure out a way to revive the depth in the series a little bit and make it harder, honestly, for some of these slower trucks to make the field. Now, I don't want to, again, I'm not trying to disrespect anyone because, you know, we need those trucks right now to fill the field. But 
that's a tough situation. These, and I'm not going to, the lap traffic was awful, but it's hard on a track like Vegas. Yeah. yeah. They're, they were going so fast. They were three and four wide a lot. Yeah. You know, and, and Brett made the comment in his post-race press conference that in his mind, it's unacceptable to have lap tracks, lapped trucks running two or and three wide when the leaders are catching them in a pack it just doesn't yeah. work yeah see i mean th- they're, they're 30 laps and they're in such big packs they're, they're 30 laps in a run running faster than pole times yeah i mean they they mentioned that on the air and i couldn't yeah. believe it yeah when you're when you're yeah. and when you're a lap or two down and you're blocking a truck yeah you know and you're racing a truck hard defending your position at that point that you're a lap or two down too mm-hmm. you know that's that's you, you got to think about what you're doing yeah. when you're out there as a driver and I know, and I know Steve O'Donnell made his uh, weekly appearance on the morning drive this morning and and did make it clear that NASCAR was not very happy with right. how some of that went during Friday night's truck race so all I can say from my standpoint is I very much hope that that's addressed before we get back to one of these big mile yeah. and a halfs here in in six or seven weeks at Kansas because it's something I think that for the good of the series and for, you know, for the safety of the drivers competing in it is something that needs to be addressed. Now, I'm going to circle to another lightning round question, our third and final one here. And just because it's his car number and because I think it's funny, I'm going to set the over-under at four. Over-under, how many wins does Kevin Harvick get before the start of the playoffs? And the over the, the the splits at four. So are you over four or under four, Tom? Oh, I, I at this point, I mean, he's got two already. I'm I'm well past four. I'm saying he'll probably be at about six. Uh, I say at four or over four. See, you he you can't take the at. It's over or under, Tyler. Over, <laughs> over, Cisco. I think he wins four in a row. Oh, wow. Wow. Man. Oh, so you mean he's going to win the next two? Not right now. I'm calling Phoenix and Fontana, too. Okay. You, wow. are betting, you must have a gambling problem because you are betting a lot tonight. Yep, I'm throwing <laughs> it all on black. <laughs> let's, have a gambling problem. let's be clear here, by the way, that Kevin Harvick has never won three yeah. races in a row, yeah. let alone four. Well, he's never won the first two before he got to Phoenix, I don't think. Steve. I, guys, I, I'm... I'm not really laughing at, at what Cisco said at all. I mean, <laughs> four in a row could could, could I agree. legitimately happen. I agree. Um, so for that reason, I go over. I'm taking the over too, but I'm not quite as brave as Steve or Cisco that he's going to get four in a row. I say yeah. he gets five by the time the regular season is over, much like Martin Truex did, I believe, a year ago. Oh yeah, I think I think five easily. Fair I, enough. I'm still thinking six is reasonable. If he keeps going the way he's going. Yeah, if he keeps going you know, the way he's going. Yeah. Before we get out of here, Cisco, you, you have things. Talk talk yes. about things yes, for a minute. because tomorrow is a massive day yes. because we get in IR18. And, Steve, you, t- you and I talked a little bit about it on the side. We're talking about iRacing, of course. Uh, new changes to the dirt model. We'll be getting a working cushion for the first time, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And I know Steve and I are going to look for ways to get on the old computer here. And uh, that'll be out probably around lunchtime on the East Coast. So if you're on the iRacing side of things and you want to go try out some new content, new IndyCar, new prototypes, new dirt stuffs, it's all good, sir. Steve, the Choir of Angels is rejoicing. Well, they're rejoicing because now we can bounce off a cushion. (laughs) They're also rejoicing 
because the dirt track at Charlotte and Lima Land yes. are being Yes. I know what I Kyle it. Larson and Christopher Bell are doing when they get back from the West Coast like Swing. Uh, I wish we had another two hours, but if you stay on the Performance Motorsports Network here in about 32 minutes or so, for those of you who are listening live, you will hear the doctor, Mitch Walker, live on the Mitch Walker Show here on PMN. That comes up about a half hour after we go off of our live block here. And for those of you who want to go back and listen to our voices, you can catch it on the Race Chaser Online SoundCloud channel uh, about 24 hours after this show is done. So we're going to get out of here. Bill's throwing a checkered flag and telling us to scoot. So thanks to Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, our social media partners at Three Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Susan Mason, again, Bill Holt from CSB, and all the folks at PMN that make this show possible. So for Tom Baker... Special guest host tonight, Tyler Ankrum, Cisco Scaramuza, and Dr. Dirt Steve Ovens. I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall, folks. And if you're headed to a racetrack, we might just see you there. Have a safe racing weekend till we meet again. You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up. <laughs>